we are in a series called Distractions, and uh, what we've been talking about is all the different ways our eyes get focused on other things than Jesus. And oftentimes, what we've been talking about is the fact that when we get distracted away from Jesus to something, it's Jesus that was the answer in the first place. And so we've been talking about things like regret. And we've been talking about the fact that we sometimes regret our past. And so um, we, we, we look to our regret and we have shame for our past and all these different things. And, and it's really Jesus that takes care of our past. And so we, we talked about that. We talked about the idea that um, we love to consume. And so um, things get di- us distracted from Jesus. And that if we just turn our face back towards Christ, we would lose sight of those things that we think we need and want. We talked about uh, comparison and how oftentimes we'll compare ourselves to others to get value, to find out how valuable are we, are we, you know, do, how do we measure up? When in fact, Jesus would say, you don't need to measure up. Your value comes from me. And so we've been talking about all those different things. And today what I want to talk about is one of the distractions that often happens with moms, um, where we talk about anxiety. And if you're a mom and you uh, have raised kids or you've been around kids or you're a teacher or you're an uncle or an aunt or what have you, oftentimes you'll see that there's this distraction of worry, of anxiety, that the things all around us are the things that are getting um, us distracted from Jesus. One of the things I'm distracted about is the fact that our slides aren't working. And so I should be looking to Jesus right now, but I'm not. I'm just looking at my blank screen going... I don't know what to say next. No, I'm just kidding. We, we, can, we, can, do it, we can do it without that. It, it doesn't matter. Um, and so th- that's what we'll be talking about this morning is the idea of anxiety. And what we're going to look at is a section of scripture, Matthew chapter 14 and um, verse 22. It's very famous. And if you're here and you don't know anything about the Bible or you don't even know if you believe in God, you have probably heard this story. You probably have talked about different elements of the story uh, while you're talking to people. If I were to tell you, um, uh, uh, walk on, yeah, see that? See how easy it is? We're done. We can get out of here now, right on the walls. Uh, Yes, we're going to talk about the fact of Jesus walking on the water. But I want to set up the story real quick to tell you what what is going on. Um, Jesus has just fed 5,000 people. Okay, and so that whole story in and of itself is fantastic. It, um, Jesus, there's 5,000 people here, and Jesus tells the disciples, because they say, hey, how are we going to get them to eat something? He goes, you give them something to eat, which is just an incredible statement. They talked about how much food they didn't have. Okay, we don't have, we already have any food. We got five loaves and three fish, or five fish and three loaves. And, and Jesus takes that, and he performs a miracle in front of 5,000 people. And so we pick up right after that. Jesus is done. He starts, he tells the, uh, Peter and James and the disciples to get into a boat and to meet him on the other side of the lake. So this is where we pick it up. Oh man, you guys are awesome. Thank you for doing that. Honestly, to be back there and to do this is very difficult. Um, but we need volunteers, so it's not that difficult. Um, okay. So let's pick up Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get in the boat on ahead of him to the other side. Okay, so this is Jesus commanding the disciples to go somewhere. And they get in the boat and they begin to go. While he dismissed the crowd. 
Okay, so, so they go, and then Jesus is saying, look, I got to go. My disciples are leaving. You know, nothing else to see here. The, the miracle's over. I don't have any more fish, no more bread. I, you know, it, we're, we're, we're done with the miracles for now. We read on later that the people would begin to follow him just for the, to see the miracle of the 5,000, just to get fed. And Jesus wanted to cut that off right then. We're not, it's not going to be about that, feeding of the 5,000. And then he, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Isn't that fascinating? Jesus, God in the flesh, goes to a mountain to pray with his heavenly father. Jesus, God in the flesh, finds it valuable to be able to get away from the stress, get away from the distractions, get away from the anxiety, get away from the hustle and bustle, to be alone on a mountain with his heavenly father. Sometimes, don't you feel that way? Like, man, I just can't get a break just to get to a mountainside, just to get to my own bedroom to be with him. Feels like that sometimes. So Jesus, uh, later that night, he was there alone. So here's what's happening. So Jesus goes up the mountain. He starts praying. And at night, on the mountain, he's by himself. So you're probably asking yourself, well, where are the disciples if he's up on the mountain? The boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. I want to talk to some of you this morning who are in this very position right now. This is how you feel. If you were to describe your life, you would say, I feel like I'm offshore, far away, buffeted by the waves, hit by the wind. This is how I feel. This is my life. Like the anxiety of like, what if my cell phone goes off in church? <laughs> and you just, that's what it feels like. That's the, that's the thing. No, be at peace. Uh, but that's how you feel. You're in a boat. You're kind of safe, but it just feels like everything. There's always another conversation that just hits again and again. I don't know if you've ever been in the ocean where uh, when I, I'm deathly afraid of water. And so, and probably for this reason. But every time I go into the ocean or did when I was a kid, because I don't go in anymore. Uh, You'd get hit by a wave and you tumble around and you're underneath, you're twisting, you're trying to feel the ground and you get up and it's like another one's right here and you go down and you're, you're under thinking, is this ever going to stop? This is how the disciples feel and this is how we can get sometimes. And sometimes just to talk to moms, sometimes this is just what we call life. This is just what we call the school year, you know. It's like they come home with homework and we got another round of homework, you know. And it just feels like no matter how hard you try, you just can't get forward a little bit. Maybe this describes your finances. Where you, you, you feel like you're getting ahead and you have a good month and you are under budget and all that. And then something comes, a bill comes or a need comes or one of the kids needs a science project or the PTA, it's the $75 that you owe because you said you would or what, well, all that kind of stuff that, that gets you just stuck. Where's Jesus? I mean, it just he's not in the boat. It feels like he's gone. It feels like he doesn't know, doesn't he? he? Why did he put me in this boat and send me out? Where is he? It's hard. 
He's on a mountain praying. Well, that's great for Jesus. Doesn't that feel that way sometimes? You're praying to God and it's like, well, I'm glad he's up in heaven, but I'd really like him right here, right now. Well, Jesus does show up. And the Bible just gives this incredible story so nonchalantly. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Because that's normal. You know, that's just... How else is he going to get out there, you know? You know, he didn't have drones then. He didn't have his own boat. He just, walk, he just walks out of the lake. The Bible just makes this statement. If you, if you got this letter, that, this book that Matthew wrote, as it was dis- distributed, and you were just reading it, you're in your village, and they go, hey, we got this thing uh, that Matthew wrote, and this is awesome, and you're reading it, you'd go, wait, walking on the lake, that should be, by the lake. Wrong prepositional phrase. Jesus was walking by the lake, along the lake, okay? Not on the lake, maybe in the lake, you know, he's kind of walking along, but not on the lake. And the Bible just makes this incredible statement that Jesus shows up at a time they never would have expected in a way they never would have seen. What I'm here to try to explain to you this morning is no matter where you are, And how you think of Jesus. He has the ability to show up in a way you'd never expect at a time you wouldn't expect. While it feels sometimes like you're just, I don't know if they were rowing or if they were sailing or whatever. Where it just feels like, are you kidding me? We can't go anymore. And all of a sudden Jesus shows up at a time they would never expect. They didn't expect Jesus at this time. And in a way, they never expected. As a matter of fact, the reason we know that they didn't expect this is because of the next verse. It says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. (laughs) Well, of course they were. And they said, it's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. I don't know what it sounds like to have 12 grown men cry out in fear. (laughs) But that would be awesome to hear, at least. But here's Jesus, he shows up at a time they never would have expected, in a way they never would have expected, and so they didn't recognize him. And I wonder, in my own life, and in your life, even right now, is Jesus already at the scene, but he just looks different than what I expected? That in fact, it looks frightening, more frightening than comforting. That, in fact, Jesus could come into my work at some point in the form of some situation. And I think, oh, no. Maybe you get a pink slip. You get laid off. And you think, you're terrified. And you just don't know yet that that was the Lord that did that. You have a relationship or something that's going wrong or uh, what have you. And you you just haven't seen Christ in it yet. It looks different. Well, they thought he was a ghost. And I love his next words. And and if you, my point for this morning is these next words that Jesus speaks. But Jesus immediately said to them, immediately, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. I wonder why Jesus didn't. Waste any time to explain that to them. I, if I were Jesus, I would have been like, ooh, go, ooh. <laughs> Peter. No, you know, just kind of, nah, it's me. Don't worry about it. I'm just playing with you guys, you know. Uh, but anyway, if it was me and my buddies, that's exactly how it would have gone down. But it's not. It's Jesus, and I'm glad that he does it this way. Immediately, he says, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. 
For some of you this morning, some of you moms, some of you dads, some of you single people, Jesus is right next to you, and he has these words to say to you. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Even in the midst of what you're going through, the loss of a loved one, for some people, Mother's Day is terribly difficult because you've lost a mom. You've lost a loved one. And this time, maybe your family used to do something, and now that's gone. Jesus would say to you, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And so... That's what he says to them, which doesn't, I mean, you still got the waves, you still got the wind, you still got water coming into the boat, and Jesus still looks a little weird walking on the water. Nothing has changed. Nothing. And Jesus yet says, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. None of their circumstances have changed. He says, Peter says this, which is like, to me, one of the dumbest statements you could possibly say. But he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. (laughs) Now, just let's go through the logic of this. (laughs) All right. If it were Jesus, like you think Jesus has special powers. The safest thing to say is, Jesus, if it's you, how many fingers am I holding behind my back? (laughs) Right? You'd do something safe, you know, and then he'd be like four, like on the, that movie uh, with God, you know, 11. And he'd look up and there's 11 fingers. And, uh, uh, you know, you'd do something like that. But if you actually think it's a ghost, why would you give that ghost an opportunity to trick you? Because it, the ghost would just say, yep, it's me. And then watch Peter just go right down to the bottom. And the ghost is like, done my job. So I don't know why Peter says this to Jesus. I can only speculate. Because I think this is in all of us. I think in every single human being, there is this longing to have a connection with Jesus. That there's this longing to risk something, to take a chance, to not have to have it all figured out, and to take a step in faith. But it's just so scary. And so Peter draws into this. I think Peter does know it's Jesus. But he's just kind of like, okay, if it's you, I'm gonna, I want to take a step. I want to take a step. This is where it comes in our own life, and I'll just share a little bit about how your pastor uh, would rather sit in a boat a lot of times. So there's, a, there's an event that happened in our house just a little while ago, a cu- couple weeks ago, um, that we found out about. And so um, I, I, I went to Lisa and I said, hey, um, this event happened, and I, I, I need to fix it. Like, we need to get it fixed. And she said, I get this, this is crazy. She's like, why don't we pray about it? I'm like, pray about it. Why don't we fix it? She's like, and she's looking at me like, seriously, you're the pastor of a church? Like, really? This is how it's going to go down. You're just going to go fix it. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, we, you know, I pray to Jesus for stuff I can't fix. And then, he, and then I ask him, you know, and then I can fix the stuff I can fix. She's just like, just that slow shake my head. Like, what the? So I said, I said, so we get in this conversation. I said, so, so what, here's what you're saying. You don't want me to do anything. You just want to pray about it for a month. She's like, yes. I'm like, I can't tell anyone, which is why I can't tell you what it is. Because you're like, what is it? I can't tell you. Thanks to my wife. And so uh, I said, she said, pray about it for a month. I said, you realize that in doing this, and I'll, I'll do it if you want. In doing this, I'm going to lose a month of, of, of stuff I could set up to have it fixed. She says, why can't we just pray for a month? Okay, this gives you a perfect example of what happens when you want to stay in the boat. Of what happens when you just, 
You're just like, look, you know what? And you cling to those sides and you just say, I'll tell you what, we'll take ghost Jesus out of here. I understand the waves. I understand the wind. Let's just get to shore. Let's just get to shore and we'll work it all out there. And then I'll step out of the boat and then I'll go right to Jesus, I promise. When we do that, when I was tempted to do that, and thankfully I was, I was reprimanded. No, no, I wasn't reprimanded, but encouraged to enter into this journey that we're now in. Uh, I, we miss out on taking a step, of taking a risk, of seeing what would happen. Okay, Jesus, if that's you, if this is really you, you want me to step out of the boat. In my situation, I would say this, and this is how I've been praying. Lord Jesus, we need you to solve this. If this is really you, this is, this is your idea to wait a month. Okay, let's try it. Now, here's what's been happening to me over the week. Because typically, I don't know how long it took Peter to actually climb out of the boat. I'd be like, you know, I put my little big toe in there and I'd just be like trying to test it out. Like, when did it get firm for him? Did it go down a foot and then there was something? Or was it right on top? I have no idea, but I would have taken my time. Here's what I found. In the, just the week we've been praying so far, my faith has been increased. Nothing has changed. The wind is still at the thing. The waves are still coming. It's still ghost Jesus. Nothing's changed. Except my faith has begun to grow. Okay, yeah. You guys are like, ghost Jesus. That's fantastic. <laughs> so he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to, the, uh, uh, to you on the water. He says, oh, this is so awesome. Come. He wants Peter to risk. And this is the word that Jesus uses all the time. As a matter of fact, when Jesus first met Peter, it was the first word out of his mouth. Come, follow me. Come, come on. Take a risk. Take a step. You can do it. I know the waves are still there. I know the wind's still there. I know I'm still ghost Jesus. Just come on. Come on out. He says, to come to me, all you, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In the middle of your heaviness, in the middle of your ladenness, you come to Jesus. He says, anyone who's thirsty, come to me and drink. This is a, a, a common phrase for Jesus. And this is why Jesus doesn't just fix all our stuff. He wants us to come to him. And for some of you, you might be in a place in your life that you got yourself to. The winds, you're sitting in the boat going, I did this to myself. Jesus didn't tell me to go out on the water. I went out on myself. As a matter of fact, he told me not to go out on the water, and I went out. And now I'm hitting, I have the results of that. Do you know what he would say to you? Come. Let's fix it. Come to me. So that's what he says. So Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water. And came toward Jesus. That is phenomenal to me. I don't know if it was. I don't know. How did that even work? Is it just like as the waves come. Do you like run up them and down them? Or does it, do they hit you? Like I have no idea. But Peter was doing it. You know what else is so sweet about this, this story of Jesus? Jesus had 5,000 people in front of him. And he performed a miracle for them. He's at the shore of the lake. He could have done this trick while they were all there. He could have walked out and said, well, 
Me and the disciples got to go. See ya. And he could have just walked out and everyone, all 5,000 people would have been, that would have been great for his ministry. It would have been fantastic. Everybody would have told about Jesus and everything would have grown and it would be, he saves really, I think, the most miraculous miracle he ever did for just his 12 disciples. As a matter of fact, you're like, well, Jesus raised some people from the dead. Yeah, but that can be kind of explained away. As a matter of fact, one of the girls that he rose from the dead, he even said, oh, she's not dead, she's asleep. And they all laughed at him. And he raised her from the dead. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, uh, he had been in the, in the tomb three, three days. That one, was a, that one was pretty close to the walking on water one. Because they even said, he, he, in, the, in the King James, and this is the only reason to read a King James version. It says, uh, he's already been in there three days, and by now he stinketh. <laughs> Isn't that great? So we learned another word. You can be at home, and when your kids are running around, you're like, you stinketh. You know, and you'll sound really smart, and you'll be quoting the Bible. So that one was close, but I think you could still make a, you know, well, I don't know what happened in there. Maybe, maybe he was, you know, preserved in some way and that, that, and he just came forth. I don't know. But this one, walking on the water, that's just, that defies every logical explanation. And he does it just for the 12. I wonder, I wonder how many miracles I've missed that Jesus just had for me. Because I was unwilling to allow him into the situation. So Peter gets down off the boat. He walks on water. We don't know what that is like, but he's coming towards Jesus. And um, here's the problem. Here's the distraction. When he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. That even in the midst of our step of faith, and even when there's a miracle going on, there will be a tendency in you and I, as anxiety hits us, as the, the report card comes in, or the, the, the bill comes in, or whatever, to begin to feel like we're sinking again, and to take our eyes off Jesus, and to go and run and fix it. In our particular situation, there have been a few times, even in this week, even as my faith begins to grow... I'll, I'll see something or I'll hear something and I'll have a tendency to go, I'll be right back, Jesus. I'm just going to go make some stuff happen first. And we miss out. And so he begins to sink because on our own strength, we can't keep it up. We can't keep it up. And so beginning, uh, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Again, here's this word, immediately. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. And he caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? That's a really good question. The thing is, Peter's got a really good answer. (laughs) Like, because of the waves (laughs) crashing all around and the wind and the fact that the boat is now 30 feet behind me? I don't know. That's why. That would be a good answer. Like, that is the answer. But Jesus wants us to go one step further. What Jesus wants us to ask is, why did you doubt when you were coming towards me? I can understand you doubting when I wasn't around, and, you know, you're trying to do it on your own, and that's not working. But I'm here right now, right in front of me. You're doing it. You're walking. Do you think that my arm is too short that I can't save? 
Do you think I can only get you so far? Ooh, that's a great question. I think all of that is wrapped up in this, why did you doubt? You could almost ask the question this way. Jesus could almost say, who do you think I am? Who who do you think, what do you think I would do? Do you think I'd let you drown? Do you think I'd, 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 I'd allow you to go through something that you couldn't handle with me? There's a saying, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. He totally does. <laughs> he does all the time, okay? What, what the thing is, he doesn't give you something you can't handle with him, okay? There's tons of stuff we can't handle on our own. I can barely handle anything on my own, right? So God gives me all sorts of stuff I can't handle. Kids, I have kids, I can't handle them, right? He doesn't want me to handle them. He wants, to invite, he wants me to invite him into every situation. Here's the question. Why do we doubt? What is it that we're missing to take one next step of faith? See, I think anxiety is so powerful. So powerful a distraction. The wind and the waves and this and what happens if this and what happens with that and what are the other... Di- and and we just, it just consumes us. This is why Jesus says this. Don't be anxious for anything. <laughs> But by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is something about the presence of Jesus that removes anxiety. So he says, why did you doubt? And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. And this is, again... I don't know, maybe I read too much into the Bible, but this just feels really cool to me. So Jesus is out in the water, okay? He's not a ghost, it's really Jesus. And, and they go through this whole process, and the wind, and the waves, and all, all this kind of stuff. And then Jesus, after Peter goes out towards Jesus, Jesus gets in the boat with them to go through the rest of the journey with all these guys. Before we blame Peter for not having faith, or we blame, there were 11 other guys that sat in the boat the entire time this was going on. And so Jesus gets in with Peter, and the waves die down. And I was thinking about to this to myself. I was trying to be as honest as I possibly could this week with myself. And because everybody wants to walk on water. <laughs> Everybody wants those times in our faith where we take a risk and he finds out to be faithful and you go, I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad I I risked it. I'm so glad I tried it. I'm so glad I went for help in that. I'm so glad I, I, I I just decided to remove myself out of the equation. But those things are so hard. So I had to ask myself this question. Would I rather have a relationship with Jesus where I'm continually risking to get closer to him? Or would I rather be in a boat with him next to me with no wind or waves around me? <laughs> like retirement or whatever we'd, however we visualize. Because oftentimes what I find myself praying for is this order. Lord Jesus, give me a safe boat. Number two, Lord Jesus, make sure there are no wind or any waves around me. And thirdly, why don't you come on inside? <laughs> Join it. The water's great. Everything's fine. 
And I just started going back and forth in different areas of my life. Do I want to be someone who steps out of the boat and is going towards Jesus? Or do I want someone that has to have everything calm, cool, and collected? And then I just invite Jesus to sit alongside of me. Here's what the disciples said. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. I wonder... If they said, truly you are the son of God because their problem was solved? Or if it was because they saw Jesus for who he really was when he was walking on water. Someone who could show up at a time you never expected in a way you never expected. And I just really spent a lot of time on those two verses just analyzing, asking myself the question. What, what, do you want to take a risk and go, go farther than you've ever gone before with your with the Lord? Or do you want to go in the boat, try to get everything calm, and just invite him in? See, I think that's the question for all of us, really. Like right now, I could, you could probably think of a few things that you're going through that bring you anxiety. If I just said Monday morning, like 15 of you are just like, ugh, right? If I said, you're adult children, you're like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know what. I mean, there's just every one of us are going through something where if you, you know what that feels like. Like, like right when the name is, is given, it might be a person's name, somebody at work or at school that, that just brings you anxiety. We all go through that. Jesus wants to meet you right in the midst of that chaos and show up in a way you would never expect at a time you'd never expect. And then wants to see how you react. Not for some sick game, but he knows that the more, the closer we can get to him, the more we leave those distractions behind and the more we don't need to be in a safe boat with no waves and no wind. Because he is wherever we want him to be. There's a section in the Bible um, where Jesus is talking about some seeds. And um, I don't have it up on the screen um, behind me, but um, he's talking about this, this sower, this, this farmer who went out to sow. And he, he has all these seeds and he's just scattering them. You've probably seen that. If you, now we have one, you know, you push the cart and you pull the trigger and the seed goes on your lawn. But the, the, you'd reach into a bag and as you do that, the seed would spill out of the bag and it would go all over the place. And you, you would want to make sure you overcast. Because you don't want to try to get it right up. You want to use all of your land. And so you'd throw it out onto the, onto the road. You'd throw it all over the place to try to make sure that everything was, was covered real well. And so Jesus starts talking about these different seeds that grew up. And some the birds took away. Some got trampled. And then he says this. And I think this describes a life... Um, of Peter sinking a little bit. He says this, The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. And, and they believe. And they, 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 it sounds great, but as they go on their way, they are choked out, listen to this, by life's worries, by riches and pleasures. Listen to this. And they do not mature. But the seed in the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. As Adjua comes back up, we're going to take a little bit of time um, 
she's going to lead us in a song, and uh, we'll take some time to reflect. And we're going to try and get out um, about five minutes early or so, so that we have time to go work on those boards out there. And one of those boards is, God is in control of my... Maybe for you, that's the board you want to fill out. That there's something, and you know, maybe it's personal, and you might have to write it in code or whatever. You know, you don't want everyone to look at it. But you could, you'll figure it. You guys are smart. Uh, but God is in control of my... And maybe that's... It might be something generic. My storms. And you know what that means. It might be God is in control of that situation. <laughs> There's one that says, I am thankful for. And maybe for right now, you're in the boat. It's calm. Jesus is right next to you, right? You got a cup of coffee. You're, it, you're thankful. And you're like, I, you want to go to that, that board? And then we have one for moms. Why, why, what, what you're thankful for about your mom? Because it is Mother's Day. And, uh, and so we want to get out a little bit early just so you have, you have time to do that. Um, but at this particular time, we do a number of different things. One is we fill out our connection cards. And like we were saying, we'd like every family to fill one of those out. Um, even if you're new, we'd love to get as much information as you'd like to give us. But we're really concerned about those prayer requests on the front. So if there's something you're going through, maybe you're in the midst of a storm. Maybe you're in the midst of something difficult. And you're just wanting the presence of Christ to show up. Uh, write that down. We pray for every single one of those every single week. Um, and so you fill those out and put them in the box in the back. For some of us, um, this is our offering time that some of us give online. Others prepare an offering. For you, that might be your step out of the boat. This might be the morning where God has been telling you, honor me with your finances, honor me with your finances, honor me with your finances, and you're finally for the first time going to take a step doing that. If, if that's you, um, we take all that and the cards and we put it in a box in the back on our way out. Before all of us, as we wrap up the service, let's spend a little bit of time thinking after, John, after Audra gives her poem, thinking about what is it that's causing me to step out of the boat? Is there an issue in my life where you want me to take that extra step? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you show up in ways we didn't expect at times we don't expect. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that uh, you want us to take these steps, not to test us and show us how much we don't know, but to show us how far we can make it if we just keep our eyes fixed on you. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.